You are listening to the Lucha Central Podcast Network. And now, Lucha Central Weekly. Welcome to another edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. This is the podcast that lets you know all of the latest happening in the world of Lucha Libre. Each week, our team discusses news and events from this past week, as well as preview the week ahead, covering Mexico-based promotions and top independents, along with Luchador-related news from throughout the United States. The Lucha Central Weekly Podcast is part of the Lucha Central Podcast Network on LuchaCentral.com. This podcast and others from the network are also available on all major podcast streaming platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Podbay, Speaker, and more. And, of course, this show is also exclusively streamed with our partners at TheChairShot.com. My name is Miranda Morales, and I'm one of the co-hosts of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. And let's bring in the rest of the team introducing first he is the dashing one mr dusty murphy dusty how are you i'm doing fantastic how are you doing miranda i am doing well it definitely feels like the end of summer is coming along Mm -hmm. kids are going back to school temperatures are winding down so an end of another chapter in the year that we call 2021. And without another episode of this show, which we cannot do without the third member of this team. And that's who? 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 It's the one and only Brendan Barr. That's who? Oh, my gosh. It's me. It's me. It's, <laughs> it's you. you. It's you, who? So, yes. so based on my recently uploaded photos of the team, I think Dusty, we've replaced you with Cinta de Oro. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. I, just pictures. I actually I was going to ask you where those were, uh, uh, but you have them in safeguarding, and yes, I feel like that should be uh, the podcast trio photo. <laughs> we'll just pretend that's dusty under the mask. Yeah, nobody will know. Mask, nobody right? will know. It's fine. Photoshop a little beard you. under the mask holes where we can. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was wearing the full face one, so it, it oh, good. perfect. Yeah. yeah. Nobody will ever know. I don't know how tall you are, or any of your dimensions, or your weight, but uh, if anything, the internet doesn't know. So yeah, now. Yeah, that's just it. Like, yes. yeah. Ooh, well, that brings some memories back to a few weekends ago in Las Vegas for SummerSlam weekend. Uh, and there's still so much more to come for the rest of this year. Uh, highly, highly excited for the month that is September. We are now in September, the first show of September. Uh, as we'll get into it, there's some events happening in September you guys are going to want to check out. But you know what? I'm not going to spoil it for you. I'm going to let Brandon go ahead and do his thing. First off, with the road back to shows. All right. Yeah. So we're going to get, we're going to get right to that. I'm just going to go with it. Mexico is still orange. We're starting there, but. The government doesn't 
isn't doing much uh, related to being orange. So, you know, we're just going to move on to uh, talking about some exciting wrestling that hopefully will still be happening. Uh, So it is September. We have uh, that pro wrestling revolution show that uh, some of your Lucha Central podcast members will be in attendance at. We're we're working on details to bring some real excitement to it, but uh, it's all kind of in the planning stages still. We probably will be up until five minutes before bell time, so you know we'll let you know what we can as we can. Uh, quick refresher: this is um, they're they're kind of Pro Wrestling Revolution's kind of big return to shows. They're going to have a number of people on the card: the the parks. Um, a, I just the I'm, yeah I'm getting I'm getting Rayo it for de you. Jalisco Rayo yes. de Jalisco Jr. Uh, El Mariachi uh, they, I mean there's a number of big name talents as well as local talents that are going to be on the card uh, that's September 25th there are still tickets on sale so get hype uh, we I mean Defy will have a show on this on the same day and uh, and a couple other uh, indies out there. We will be covering more, uh, especially if you're coming up in September or shoot me your stuff soon. I'll move on to a little further out, though. We've got the PCW Ultra Show coming up October 22nd. Again, uh, some of your Lucha Central members might be present there. We're working on details on that. Uh, also going to have some uh, some big name talent at that, including some a couple people we're hoping to talk to real soon. So keep your ears open. Hint, hint, wink, wink. <laughs> there may be someone that we're talking to who's going to be on that show and another show that we're going to talk about. Indeed, um, yeah, that might happen. Uh, and then uh, we have uh, we have uh, I want to thank Cubs fan over at Lucha Blog for pointing this one out. All the way out in December, there is a show in Raleigh, North Carolina, of all places, that the poster looks tremendous for Lucha fans. They've got Blue Demon, anybody who's big with a clown gimmick right now. So, you know, Monster Clown, Dave the Clown, uh, some guy named Psycho Clown. I've never heard of him. Who'd he be? Uh, (laughs) And a bunch of other big-name luchador talents on there. Raleigh, North Carolina. Dusty. I'm going to have to draft you to go go check this one out. <laughs> yeah, I, I love how we're just assigning people. Like, that's well, getting assigned to North Carolina. I'm, I'm doing everything east of the Rockies. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty big territory there, brother. Dusty's our work no, we will no. we will uh, keep an eye on that. I'm not gonna put I I make jokes about this on the air. Dusty can do what Dusty needs to do, but we'll keep our eye on that. I, I would love to be there, but yeah, it's really kind of a case. It's hopefully, closer to home sometime. <laughs> um, I have a have a note here that I failed to put a date on. DTU has announced they have a return date, but I didn't put what it's going to be on here because you know that would be important, and therefore, why would I do that? Um. But yes, DTU has at a press conference said that they're going to be returning to shows. This is significant in that uh, they uh, were one of the very few promotions that was actually shut down by the government for not abiding by guidelines. So apparently they've smoothed a bunch of stuff out. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say they were officially shut down. Uh, They were very strongly looked at and decided to shut down is a better way of putting that. Um, I don't want to do false news. This is not the internet. 
I mean, this is on the internet, but you know what I mean. Uh, and then uh, we, we've got some, some stuff going on, uh, for these 9-11 shows, these September 11th shows that, uh, are going to be, uh, are going to be, we've got a couple of them. I don't, I'm just going to check in officially. Miranda, there have been no announcements on the Mass Republic show other than you being able to say on air that you're probably going to be there, right? Yes. Other additional talent announcements have been made. Um, just a reminder that it's going to be at Agua Caliente Casino in Cathedral City on Saturday, September 11th. Um, and that's at a 7 p.m. start time. And an interesting incentive, um, $5 back in the casino for those over 21. So if you purchase your ticket, you will get $5 back in gambling money. Uh, to go to the Agua Caliente Casino. So that $5 investment may turn into 50 bucks or 500 bucks or $5,000, uh, which yep. is uh, on top of that with some great Lucha Libre. Um, yes, that, that's already <laughs> an incentive enough, should be incentive enough to <laughs> go and check that out. Yeah, I, I'm more excited for that show. Um, we also, uh, as you may remember, and on the other side of the border, the crash is hosting a card, which may or may not be affiliated with MLW at this point. Uh, it was, we've only found it on one poster that says it is. However, we've seen, uh, some match announcements now. So, uh, and they're really exciting ones. We were off air getting excited about yeah. them. <laughs> uh, we have, uh, the uh, you know in my order I've got this first even though it's probably the biggest announcement we've got Hijo de Vikingo versus Tarus versus Andrade versus Phoenix like uh I mean take my money please yeah seriously uh, like yeah. I am so excited for this <laughs> right what a matchup right I mean and to break this down you've got Hijo de Vikingo who Conan himself has said is one of the hottest up and coming yeah. wrestlers. Andrade and Phoenix, who are kind of at the height. I mean, they're, they'll still, they can probably still reach greater heights, but man, they're right where, where, uh, that sweet spot of, uh, ability and, and, uh, work are kind of merging together. And then you've got Tarus, who's, uh, I mean, I don't know. He's, I don't know where he's at in his career, but he's huge. He's fast. He flies around. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, I'd say the world is, uh, the, the, there's no limit to what he could do, and having him in this match could easily be, that could be the thing that elevates him to being on a, a like an international spotlight. So, mm-hmm. this, this match alone will be amazing if it happens as, as planned. Remember, all cards are always subject to change. Uh, and then we've got another match announcement, which is Laredo Kid versus Danny Limelight. Uh, we are big fans of Danny on this show, so uh, I'll be watching that one close. Uh, and then lastly, we've got NGD, Nueva Generation Dinamite, the big names just left CMLL against La Rebellion, represented by Bestia666, Ray Orus, and Mecha Wolf. Like, it's probably going to be a brawling classic trios matchup, and there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, it's kind of a big, exciting deal. Uh, so that's the, that's the crash card on night. There will probably have, you know, three or four more matches announced, and if they all kind of are on this caliber, it's gonna be pretty exciting. Um, and then just today, 
as we're recording, we had the Munoz family held a press conference, which had many little details on it. Uh, Marta Munoz was holding, was kind of the forum person for this, which is sticking with her kind of presence as the authority figure for Federation Wrestling. Um, so, uh, she was, she was appearing in that way. We had Dementor, a wrestler uh, I'm not overly familiar with, and uh, I spoke with Dusty and Miranda. They didn't seem to be. Uh, so if you know a bit about Dementor, let us know. But he showed up, said that he supported the the Munoz family. He would be willing to to step in if necessary, which we'll get to why that may become necessary to have an extra body. And uh, Drillistico, who we've spoken about before, it's uh, the the former Mystico too made his first appearance uh he looks really great in his new mask i i really really am a fan of the new mask i probably will add it to my collection very soon uh and then uh you know he said some he, he said the usual sort of things he was very gracious to his former host at cmll but is wanting to kind of expand his horizons and hoping this new identity and this new look will help him launch into the next level and then lastly the thing that I re- everybody wants to hear about, Roosh has been having some knee issues. He posted pictures that he had emergency knee surgery. He gave us an update on that, uh, which is that he's going to be out 8 to 12 months, which will put him well past his contract renewal time with ROH. I was originally going to have a little bit of a discussion about the opportunities there. Maybe we'll push that to a different day or something. we Got a lot more content to catch up with, but that is the headline is that knee surgery and recovery is not going to have him out eight to 12 months, which is a long time, yeah. in the, especially in this post-COVID recovery period. So, Well, like uh, wrestling's in such a boom at the moment. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah it's just, yeah. And, and that may come later on in Ring of Honor, but that also, I'm sure, leaves into question Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his, his championship reign, um, and, and likely having to forfeit that, if anything, you know, will forfeit that. Yeah. That's, I mean, because this information only came out at the day of recording, yeah. ROH hasn't made any responses on that. So that we will, uh, we, I can, we can speculate that yes. based on what ROH has been doing, they will have to have him forfeit the title so that someone else can uh, have that opportunity. Oh, no, he doesn't have the title. What? Oh, I'm losing it here. Bandito is the Oh, Bandito, yeah. yes, yes, yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry, uh, the title rematch opportunities. He's just going to yes, get buried on that. Yes, but, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, that's a good point. I totally <laughs> skipped that. Um, but, uh, yes, well, and, and in some ways that's, you know, whether that was also kind of strategic – um, but but that will leave a fairly big hole within mm-hmm. uh, ROH, which, like you said, I'm sure we'll discuss further along the line. But um, yeah, they're already know, making yeah. yeah, they're already making announcements and moves on that. We will be talking a bit about that in the ROH segment of the show. Um, but I would like to move on to the indie roundup because i was at a bunch of shows last weekend and a bunch of things happened in the world of indie wrestling so you know we've got a few things to talk about uh so i was at defy nights one and recently had an interview with matt farmer talking about defy this was partly because they were getting ready for these shows uh he uh 
had a last minute sort of um, complication in that the Canadian border did not reopen for talent and a good number of Washington promotions lean heavily on the uh, southern Vancouver area for for their talent. So some scrambling are current, the current I shouldn't keep saying I, I am not affiliated with Defy other than being a very passionate fan. The current champion is from Canada, so they didn't have any title defenses. But I feel like Lucha fans won big on this because matches that weren't announced uh, tended to feature Lucha talent in some way. So uh, lots of great things were going on there. Uh, we On night one, our second match was a Leviathan Lucha 4-Way, which featured Quixote Azteca, Leon Negro, Guillermo Rosas, and Sonico. And this had a little bit of everything, some high-flying, some some brawling. Uh, at one point, Legos were dumped into the middle of the ring, which, I mean, people can talk about thumbtacks all you want, but Legos, <laughs> Legos leave scars, Brutal. my friends. <laughs> uh, um, Sonico came out on top on this. It's really starting to feel like Sonico is going to be a big name in Defy, and, and this weekend was kind of a big part of it. Um, then we had Rocky Romero and Josh Alexander in a match, so I can uh, I can practically hear the listeners of the show salivating over that. Uh, I'm going to make you guys tune in and, and see the, the match. I'm not going to even describe what all went on. If you hear those two names, you can have a good idea. Uh, Josh Alexander did come out on top, but it was, it, you know, it was in an unexpected and fantastic way. So you will, uh, you'll have to see this match. We had, uh, a ladies match, which featured, uh, Viva Van versus Rebel Cal. Uh, Viva Van came out on top, but there was a little bit of, uh, you know, the interference from Danica Della Rouge who came out on crutches. Uh, and she's probably going to send me a cease and desist for saying this on the air, because after I published pictures of this, she already has told me to take stuff down. Um, You're just doing your journalistic <laughs> uh, duties. <laughs> exactly. Reporting the news. Uh, right? She she is claiming that she had nothing to do with the attack or or the interference. So you know that that's that's what the storyline is going on there. Um, night two, we had a we had a mixed tag match which featured Guillermo Rosas and Rebel Kell versus Sonico and and Viva Van which is a team that Sonico is trying to get the name Hellbent Ghouls going for. He wants to see more people to be in the Hellbent, so I told him I'd, I'd say this on the air, Hellbent Ghouls. Just get that third one out. Uh, again, there was some outside interference from someone who looked just remarkably like Donica Della Rouge, and Guillermo and Rebel Kel came out on top on this, but... To me, the big headline was not only did we have the Luchadors kind of in a higher profile match on this one, uh, it's an intergender match that was not afraid to have, uh, have the, the women and the men mix it up. Uh, Rebel Kel basically took on, uh, both members of the team for a brief period while, while Guillermo was out with a knee injury and, um, Viva Van has never been afraid to to uh, mix it up with the men, so it was fantastic, fantastic that they we were willing to do that and go there. I really wanted to highlight this match for that reason. And then we had a Lucha Scramble, which also I, I really was excited about. So the Lucha Scramble, uh, it was 
had Coyote Azteca, uh, Nick Wayne, Leon Negro, um, a young man who's kind of a big deal. Unfortunately, I could never hear his name clearly. He had the last name of Alexander. Uh, and then uh, Alan Extreme is making his Defy prom- promotion return, his U.S. return after a major knee surgery, back to kind of the other thing. He was out for a long time with a knee injury as well. And uh, I believe, yeah, I believe this is the first time he's wrestled north of the border since his knee injury. He's been at Arena Nalkapan a bunch. Very excited to see him. I was present at the match that he was hurt, so I personally was invested in seeing him back. Um, fantastic match. Those of you who've been paying attention to the way things have been going will not be surprised to hear that Nick Wayne came out on top on this, but, I mean... He looks sensational right now. Uh, if you haven't had the chance to see him, even uh, he is he is as I've stressed before. He is was at the Lucha schools. Uh, his dad was willing to, or his dad's school was willing to teach him. But you know the Lucha schools were are were always willing to take younger people, and uh, it shows in his work that he's got a Lucha background. So well worth it. Um, that was Defy Wrestling up here in Seattle, Washington, nights one and two. They will be having more matches coming up soon, featuring a lot of these people, so do pay attention. Uh, also, at uh, over the same weekend, I was at Without a Cause up in Everett, Washington, which is not that far away, but just far enough. Uh, we, had, uh, we had a couple of things happen. Uh, one, Sonico came out. He was It looked like he was just going to do an interview spot to set up his show, his match for next month. When Jordan Oasis, who nobody thought was in town, show, walked in and uh, said, you know, the usual sorts of things. It looks like you're here to fight and I'm here to fight and we haven't fought in a while. And so we got a Sonico Jordan Oasis match that literally happened uh, uh, right over my chair at one point. Uh, so fantastic, fun match. Uh, this was also. Uh, the match that uh, Lucha Central Weekly Podcast sponsored this this particular show. So uh, you know if you were if you were brought here because you heard our name at the Without a Cause show, uh, we are we're happy to have you here, and um, I would welcome you to check our back library. We talk about Without a Cause and Sonico, uh, even Jordan Oasis quite a bit on this show. Um, and then we had another you know. Very small, not a big deal match at all. Nick Wayne wrestled against some guy named TJP. You know, I mean, no big deal, right? Uh, <laughs> uh, it, and it was that's a fantastic match. It was a show stealer for the for the night, and uh, I really really loved seeing the two of these guys work together. A fantastic match. So without a cause, we'll be putting up their matches later. So those of you who weren't lucky enough to be in Everett to see it, we will have a chance for you to, to watch it later, and I will uh, be posting those up for you. But that is without a cause over the weekend. Uh, on to shows that I didn't see but kind of wanted to. Uh, Robles Patron Promotions had their big show in Pepsi Stadium, which is kind of furthering their storylines from the Vegas show and other things. Um, real quick, you... We had some ladies on the undercard, Diosa Quetzal and Dulce Sexy against uh, Baronessa Estralita uh, and Diosa Tina and Reina Dorada was part of the Copla 
Copa Robles. Um, you had appearance. We had a match with, you know, with, with, uh, Hio de Dascaras, Hio de Fishman, Dark Cuervo and Dark Scoria showed up. Uh, the parks were there, but getting to kind of the overcard here, uh, you had La Mascara, Maximo, Toscano in a trios match against Averno, Joe Leader, and King Charo. Um, Mascara, Maximo, and Toscano came out on top on that. Cinta de Oro, who is now an unofficial member of the podcasting team, and Penta Zero M against Alberto Del Rio and L.A. Park and the team of Carlito and Tejana. Uh, Cinta de Oro and Penta Zero M came out on top on that. Uh, lots of chaos was to be had. I haven't seen highlights of this, but... Uh, the results were up on the uh, Lucha Central webpage, so definitely check that out. Uh, we have uh, a Big Lucha match as well. Now, Big Lucha, as you may recall, is the uh, is the promotion run by uh, Bandito out of his gym in Mexico. So you'll hear some familiar names. Uh, uh, I'll start with uh, Ciclone Ramirez Jr. against Elemental. Uh, Cyclone Ramirez came out on top on that one. Then we had Demonic Flamita against Gravity, which, uh, again, this is a match that I, this, this is also available on YouTube. So I need to go back and catch it now that I'm not busy on show prep. Uh, but here we go. Demonic Flamita and Gravity. Demonic Flamita came out on top. This was a Falls Count Anywhere match. Not that you needed to add stipulations to make this match exciting, but they did. Uh, uh, and then we had, I never say his name right, Skyade. I've heard people, the, the, one of the legends of Lucha, who's taught everybody the, the Yave style. He was an instructor for a while uh, in America. Uh, he was in there against Mil Almas and got the win because if you're going to have a maestro in the ring, you should probably let the fans enjoy him wrestle. And our main event, which is the moment that went viral, and I've seen clips from this, you had Emperor Azteca, and Commander. And these are two young guys that are thrilling high flyers. Super exciting to see them uh, go at it. There were so many gifable moments in this match. Um, I don't know if either of you have seen any highlights of it. Feel free to jump in if you have. But fantastic match. Great way to finish. Super exciting. Big Luchas seems to always uh, fulfill on the promise of uh, really good entertaining lucha. So that was uh, that was our, our um, indie roundup that I've got. Uh, it's, I mean, I've had some some other things that I didn't get as many notes on. IWRG is still doing shows every week at Arena Nalcapan. Uh, so you know, if uh, you want these, those to continue to be in the uh, in the indie roundup. Please let me know. Uh, I didn't do it because I was afraid with all the other indie shows we were talking about this weekend, we weren't going to have time. But I just kind of got excited and pulled my way through all of this. So, you know, uh, let me know what you guys want to hear about and we will get it for you. That is my indie roundup for, for the week. Thank you so much, Brendan, for both the road back to shows and the indie roundup. We will be providing our contact information at the end of the show. So if you have any feedback for us or if you are an independent wrestling fan 
wrestler or promotion we'd love to feature any lucha libre content you have on the indie roundup so reach out to us and let us know that way we can have it on a future edition uh, of that segment up next though we're going to kick it off to denise alcedo who brings us this week's lucha central central why should you visit the chairshot.com TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Hey everyone, it's Denise Salcedo here in Lucha Central Central with a reminder of where and when to catch all of the great network content this week. Get the full lineup and listen to all of our shows in the podcast network section of LuchaCentral.com. On Tuesdays, Math, Mats, and Mayhem takes you inside the world of Lucha Underground as they take you weekly through the series with the benefit of hindsight and the benefit of special guests from the groundbreaking series. Check out the premiere video stream every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Lucha Central YouTube channel and at LuchaCentral.com. Then listen to it on your favorite podcast platform every Wednesday. Tuesday nights live, it's WrestleBoss, where Fabi Chulo talks MMA and pro wrestling with special guests and listener Collins. Visit WrestleBossLive.com Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific to listen live or call in with questions or download the show on podcast platforms on Wednesdays. Wednesday nights live on Facebook, it's Spanish show La Mesa de los Margaros, giving you both the news and the cheese made from around the lucha world. Special guests and a whole lot of fun make it one of the most talked about shows in Mexico. Thursdays, it's straight out of the bodega with Papo Esco and PWR promoter Gabriel Ramirez as they have guests from throughout the wrestling world pull up to give an inside look into their careers. From indie standouts to television superstars, each week brings a new name and perspective. On Friday, it's your double dose of Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. One in English y el otro en español. Lucha Central Weekly is where you'll find all the top stories of the week, both inside and out of the ring from Mexico and anywhere luchadores are in action across the globe. Be sure to subscribe and follow all your favorite Lucha Central Network series on your favorite podcast platforms, either by their own series name or subscribe to the Lucha Central Podcast Network show pages to get all of the shows in one easy feed. And please consider giving a rating to help more fans find the shows that you love. For now, this is Denise Salcedo signing off from Lucha Central Central. Have a great week. Lucha-Masks.com by Pro Wrestling Revolution. Bringing you in partnership with Mask Republic, the Lucha Brothers, as well as Japanese legend Ultimo Dragon. Go to Lucha-Masks.com and fight Lucha Strong with masks from your favorite Lucha Legends and Pro Wrestling Revolution Luchadores. Stay safe in style and represent your favorite luchador. Get yours now at Lucha-Masks.com, powered by Pro Wrestling Revolution. As always, a huge thank you to Denise Alcedo bringing us this week's Lucha Central Central, letting you know what's happening throughout the Lucha Central Podcast Network. As far as big things happening this weekend, well, a little thing you may have heard of. I don't know. It's called AW All Out. Uh, but before we get into that, we have a whole week's worth of content to go over. So, Dusty, go ahead and take it away. Yeah, AW had a surprisingly good week. Like, I don't know. It was a little 
half and half, I guess. But what <laughs> Lucha content we got was pretty great. Um, first up, we had Rampage. We had Lucha Bros against Jurassic Express. Somehow, in all my excitement for the match, I don't know what I did. I took notes by hand. I never do that. Lost them. So <laughs> I, I don't know where they are. But this was a fantastic match. It, it was the number one tag team contenders final. It it was just so good, and it felt like the entire time it could have gone either way. But truly, the more interesting matchup for All Out, especially for us Lucha fans, I think, was Lucha Brothers versus Young Bucks inside that cage. And that was the win we got. Lucha Brothers won. Fantastic match. Just so good. It built so much excitement for the finals and so much excitement for the, you know, the tag team championship match at All Out. The match had incredible pacing. It also had really good storytelling inside the ring. And it comes with my highest recommendation. Like, if this is the kind of stuff they're going to start putting on Rampage, you can't miss it. Like, this was so good. And I, I really encourage everybody to check this match out. Then we had Dark Elevation, Chaos Project versus Sammy and Fuego. Serpentico was personally insulted, deeply personally insulted, by Fuego teaming with Sammy instead of Chaos Project now that he's all elite, tweeting before the match, and I quote, Corporate Fuego has aligned with all, uh, has aligned with Sammy Guevara instead of joining Chaos Project, and just for that, he is off of our MySpace top nine. Eat shit, <laughs> fireman. Yeah. Quote. I, but it kind of makes me want to see a corporate fuego now, like a fuego yeah. coming into the ring with a suit and everything. Well, I guess he shows up to work in a three-piece suit. Uh, there were pictures, I, I believe, on Instagram, but it might have been Twitter. I don't know, but I saw a picture of him with, like, the vest and the no yeah. tie, but a three-piece suit otherwise. And... And he, you know, much like John Cena, who also wears a suit to work, he gave some baby face level shine to <laughs> Serpentico's quote when he replied, I don't think I'll do that, worm boy, but you can eat a tornado DDT on Monday night. So we already had some buildup and some excitement. And but Fuego, you know, baby face Fuego, he is a man of his word. And he did hit a tornado DDT on Serpentico that played into the finish. But first, we had a really fun match. This is a great moment where, like, the match is so good. But there was a really great moment where Sammy hits a corkscrew plancha on Serpentico. And then Fuego hits a flying Hurricane Rana on Luther, off of the apron, onto Luther, onto the floor. It was an incredible spot. Fuego could legitimately end up being the best story that AEW has to tell. Yeah. If he can they, keep kind of riding this momentum, like he's got so much goodwill. And if he can keep that underdog status, I think he yeah. could really be, you know, the best story they have to tell. I'm getting early Mikey Whipwreck vibes from that kind of thing, you know, where he was the underdog. Everybody wanted to win. Then he started to win a little bit and the fans didn't give up on him for mm. a really long time. So like, yeah, I think they could do some very fun things. I do want to chime in on the wearing a suit to thing to work thing this is this is uh used to be a wrestling tradition you show up you look yeah. nice and you look professional yeah and you have you know even if you're not working you show up you look nice and you look professional that tells the promoter that you are taking this seriously and you want to seriously be a part of this so i'm stressing this because we talk we talk a lot about wrestling schools and all of that um i think it's important i i it's 
surprises me that they're giving him grief for that, that, you know, he's taken that old school mentality of showing up for the job he wants. But that's me. That's yeah. I, I, I could rant on that all day, but then I'd start to sound like Jim Cornette, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I think Bill Watts actually required him to wear a collared shirt and a jacket, you know, in the arena, you know, when they weren't wrestling. And yeah. that makes me sound like a little Cornette, too. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah, but I, I like it. It's a it's a nice touch. And the thing about Fuego is we've all admired his dedication and we see so much of that and in the ring. But now we're seeing it outside like he really yeah. takes it seriously. Mm-hmm. And for them to pair him with Sammy is a big deal because it's obvious that AEW thinks Sammy is a big deal and yeah. he's going to be a very big deal. So being aligned with Sammy is going to be a big deal too, like for Fuego. Like this is a lot of momentum for him at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's very exciting. I'm very excited to see him be at the center of this really good storyline. So yes. yeah. yeah. And it's one where it's gone through different shows. You know, from Rampage to Dark to Elevation. Um, and so I think he's truly one of their early success stories of someone that they, you know, plucked kind of out of obscurity, but have actually been able to tell a full story with through different uh, shows. And I'm sure that's ideally the plan that they want to do in the future. And the fact that he is that first like real success story of that is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. Like. So many people were on dark or dark elevation, and they ne- didn't necessarily go on to bigger things. They made more lateral moves, and Fuego really sees that brass ring, you know, to kind of tap the cliche there. And so far, he's been, you know, like I say, he's the best story they've got going. So I hope that they can sustain mm-hmm. that out. So far, they've done everything to give me the indication they can, but it, it'll be exciting to see how that plays out. And don't want to dwell too long on that because we have a lot coming up with Dynamite. (laughs) We had the Lucha Bros and Jurassic Express versus the Young Bucks and the Good Brothers as the Elite. It was some, you know, nice eight-man tag action. Dynamite episode 100, as we kind of mentioned, the go-home show to All Out. This was a really fun match. It had a super indie feel, but in a good way. I mean, it could have been like a Mm. any indie. But, yeah, it just – it felt – that way but no no complaint there i enjoyed it it was fun and it was i don't know it felt like vindicating almost in a way to see that on national tv in the main event on the show you know like yeah it felt like i don't know it just felt important in a way and again fun match built a lot of excitement for the match it all out it ended with the young bucks getting the pin on ray phoenix after a Meltzer driver and you know, the real story came after the match. Kenny Omega showed up. He had his hair dyed Danzig black. He was there, like, along with the Good Brothers and the Young Bucks. They started to stomp on the Lucha Bros and then Jurassic Express. The Good Brothers put Luchasaurus through a table with the Magic Killer. And then everything went crazy. Omega was fighting Jungle Boy. Christian showed up. He did speared Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega never dropped the microphone the whole time. He's a true professional. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought that was fantastic. 
and they kendo sticks showed up about the same time Christian did. They started to choke Christian and Ray with the kendo sticks, and then Kenny gets on that microphone, and he tells Don Callis to lower the cage, and they just start wailing on Penta and Phoenix. Dante Martin, Frankie Kazaria, they run down to the ring. They attempt to climb the cage, but Brandon Cutler cuts them off mm-hmm. with the cold spray. He's got the cold spray at hand. Then Jungle Boy, he tries to climb the cage, but he gets pushed off. Then Marco Stunt, he climbs his way all the way up to the top of the cage, but Cutler sprays him. And at this point, like, I I wasn't paying much attention to the inside the ring. The climbing the cage antics distracted me. But then Penta and Phoenix were handcuffed to the turnbuckles at either end of the ring, and they both took a ton of super kicks before Kenny hit the BTE trigger on Christian. And the show ended. It was wild. I mean, it felt like Lucha. I I loved it. The whole thing. It was very old school in a way that I enjoyed. And I the Bucks versus the Lucha Bros in the cage at All Out is going to be amazing. I think this was the most dangerous the Elite have ever felt in AEW, or at least this kind of iteration of the Elite for sure. But at the same time, The Young Bucks have been champions since November of last year, and I feel like they've said all they really need to say is champions, or they would have already said it. I mean, what else is there for them to do? And so I think the best opportunity for someone to take those titles is for the Lucha Bros to turn the cage against the Young Bucks and win the tag team belts at last. I, oh, I really think this is their so weekend. Good. Well, and, and just taking a step ahead, as far as fantasy booking, too, another tag team that had a great mm-hmm. week this week was Proud and Powerful. Proud and Powerful, mm-hmm. yes. So, I mean, if they both keep on rising, oh, man, to get that match again, <laughs> stop it. But uh, it, it, it was a great, great week for tag team, for, for yeah, Lucha tag teams. It really was. And and I seriously, if the Lucha Bros don't win it all out, then we absolutely know that Proud and Powerful are going to win at Arthur Ashe at the Grand Slam. Because, <laughs> I mean, the only thing that could be more exciting would be Proud and Powerful in New winning, York. You know, like, winning in New York. Like, yeah, that, like that would be up. huge. That, that, that would be Richter scale level <laughs> excitement. You got all the New Yorkans coming out. The prop oh, yeah. to parade happening. You know, it just that would be amazing if they do that. I I am a little bit more doubtful of that, but I do think again it is time for those tag team titles to to just jump ship somewhere. And I I agree that the buildup that they had this week does feel like hopefully the Lucha Bros are the ones to to take the titles off of them. Um, But I love the idea of Proud and Powerful getting titles in New York. I just, oh, chills, chills, chills. So you're you're bringing up, this was my kind of thoughts and notes on this too, that closing segment, first off, uh, the the fact that through the whole thing they kept emphasizing – Outside interference, this, the cage is gonna give the advantage to the Lucha Bros. Uh, they, like, but then have the, the elite turn that against them and that, that closing spot really put a lot of, of uh, emphasis and eyes onto that tag team match going into this weekend. So I think AEW is looking at that being, uh, a show stealer and, and the, you know, which again indicates this might be the time that, but that's what makes this exciting is they're finally making it feel like somebody other than the young bucks could win. Uh, and that's well, unfortunately that's why I also 
even though Proud and Powerful won, why I don't feel like that wonderful fantasy booking is, is where they're looking at going, because um, that was near the top of the show, not a lot of fanfare when they won, they had a fantastic match, but nobody was really talking about it, there was no real energy coming off of that match, which is a shame, because that's... As much as I love the Lucha Bros, that's the two best tag teams in yes. AEW, right? Yeah, like, the build. You know. I mean, that that was a buildup of story mm-hmm. for several months, yeah. you know, and there had been so much anticipation going into this. What feels yeah. like the final the final battle between Proud and Powerful and, and FTR. Yeah, and I mean, like it didn't have to be on the pay per view, but if they put it on the pay per view weekend or on Rampage, it would have felt bigger than being mm-hmm. at the top of the card. And then I think they followed it up with a Britt Baker interview, which, I mean, you know, just does not make it have feel like it has a lasting impression on fans that aren't there already to see Proud and Powerful. So I I just I felt like they didn't know what they wanted to do with this other than this feud needed to end so that those two teams could move on to doing something else. Yeah. So, you know, and it's, it's a tale of two stories here. Sorry, go ahead. I feel like Proud and Powerful looked so good. And, well, and like Inner Circle in general, I feel like are beyond the feud with the Pinnacle now. I feel like they're yeah. beyond Inner Circle. Like these guys stand on their own. They don't need the rub from Chris Jericho. He he almost needs it more from them now to legitimize mm-hmm. him. And I mean, mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's it's incredible how how fast they've evolved. Sammy too. Yeah. I, See, that's I, another uh, interesting point. Let, you know, let's pretend all signs are pointing to this. Chris Jericho loses again. Had they done this proud and powerful match after that, the story of this match with them winning is that they can survive post Jericho and 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 flourish. Right? I don't. They could have done this. this they could have done better story with this match because it. You have two fantastic teams that people want to watch. Mm-hmm. That's that's where I'm at on this. Is I feel that production has let them down. Not they did everything they could with what they were handed for sure. Yeah, I agree. And I I, I don't know who's going to win this weekend. Like we say, it could go either way. I I honestly think if Young Bucks don't win, it's going to be proud and powerful at the Grand Slam. It's just how much do they value that against the Lucha Bros win, but that is this weekend. Um, I believe it is Sunday, September 5th. If I'm right, I don't have that in my notes somehow, but check it out. We will have all the news and reviews next week. Same place, same Lucha time, same Lucha channel. And Lucha Central typically has, uh, live updates going on for big AEW pay-per-views. So, Keep an eye on Luchas. If you're not near able to watch uh, the pay-per-view, keep an eye on LuchaCentral.com for up-to-the-minute results. Yeah, and I'm going to verify the date because part of me thinks it may actually be – oh, no, it'll write Sunday, September 5th, okay. live yeah. on pay-per-view, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and, yeah, Lucha Central for sure, if not live updates, is absolutely going to have results from that show. As well as every week you see the results for AEW on LuchaCentral.com. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to jump into a promotion that we don't usually talk about, and especially not this early on in the show. But they had a big weekend, and that's the Ooh. NWA. And they actually had a series of, you know, Lucha-related matches on both of their shows, Empower and NWA 73. 
So I'm going to be briefly going over those um, uh, those those two shows and the lucha content that we have from those two shows. Uh, first off, on NWA Empower, which is the all women show, in the pre-show we had Legends of Lucha Libre star Christy James defeating Sky Blue. Um, she ended up, uh, doing a roll up pin after a sky blue, uh, missed a springboard moonsault. And, uh, both, uh, uh, according to reports were fairly impressive in this match. Um, Christy James was more of a recent, uh, addition to this. She's the first Brazilian born superstar to be on an NWA, uh, or first Brazilian born woman superstar to be on an NWA show. So this was a very big deal for her to be featured, um, in this, on this show. Um, and Sky Blue is an up and comer. Um, has been part of the Texas wrestling circuit and uh, Thunder Rosa's uh, Mission Pro Wrestling. Um, so uh, the future is really bright for her. Uh, up next on the main card, we had a triple, you know, interpromotion match, triple threat match between Diamante representing AEW, Kylie Ray representing the NWA, and Cheek Tormenta representing AAA. Um, and from what I understand, overall the match was good, but it did seem like Chick Tormenta was more out of place here. Maybe because of just the, her style of work is slightly different than Diamante and Kylie Ray's. Uh, but overall, Chick Tormenta was able to get in some really great run-in spots throughout the match. Um, uh, towards the end of the match, Chick Tormenta, um, had a dive outside of the ring, uh, to Kylie Ray, which missed, um, and with that, uh, or in the ring, she, she missed a dive to Kylie Ray, who then Kylie Ray was able to roll her up and lock her in a cross face. However, at that time, Diamante came in to, uh, break up that, sequence and ended up hitting the code red uh on chick tormenta for the win so diamante getting the win uh out of kylie ray and chick tormenta which to me was kind of a surprise um because i thought that they were gonna have kylie ray um but diamante ended up winning um representing aew up next we had the Impact Knockouts Championship match. Champion Deanna Brasso uh, faced Melina. And again, I think, not that she's really underrated, but a lot of good things about Melina um, in this match. I think that, I mean, oh, talking about previously from last week, she was in a mixed tag match uh, with Trey Miguel and uh, Matthew Reholt uh, with Deanna Parazzo. So her work a lot, I think, has been of a really good caliber. And uh, I think that was reflected in this match as well. Um uh, towards the end, uh, Diano Brazzo ended up locking in the half crab, um, that forced Melina to tap out, which, you know, kind of surprised, even though Diana is very much a submission based when it comes to her finishers. I always think she's going to be doing that Venus de Milo, but the half crab, um, is another great thing to, to, have in her arsenal, which means you never know what she's going to lock in. And then in your main event, we had the NWA Women's Invitational Cup Gauntlet that featured uh, Debbie Belenko, Jamie Sinegal, Lady Frost, Genocide, Kiera Hogan, Mas- Masha Slamovich, Thunder Kitty, 
Tutti Lynn, Bianca Corelli, and Chelsea Green, who ultimately won the gauntlet, uh, who then also got an opportunity to face Camille for the NWA Women's Championship the next night at NWA 73. Lots of pictures of Chelsea Green celebrating um, in the ring after this, um, and it was a fairly big moment for her. I don't have notes as far as everything that happened in this match, unfortunately. Um, but I just know that it a lot. was a, it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a gauntlet. <laughs> uh, from there, I'm going to jump into NWA 73. Um, we had a 12 man battle royal with the winner becoming the number one contender for the national championship. The reason I mention this is because friend of the show, uh, Sam Adonis El Rudo himself was featured in this match. It also featured people like JDTG, who was pretty much the favorite going into this, uh, Jamie Stanley, Matthew Mims, Luke Hawks, Jaden the Heartthrob, uh, Sal Renaro, uh, but the winner of this was Judeas, um, who I think was fairly much of an underdog here, but apparently, uh, the NWA is trying to build him up to be a pretty big heel, um, in this. So, El Rudo Samadonis making his appearance at NWA 73. Seems like he may continue to have a relationship with the NWA, um, in the future. We also did get to see the NWA, uh, World Women, World Women's Championship match. Chelsea Green, who won the opportunity the night before up against Camille. Um, and really, I mean, from also what I understand, though, I didn't wasn't able to, to really watch this match. A lot of this at the end came down to Camille utilizing the weakness of Chelsea Green's wrist um, and being able to put that in a submission to force the top out, which I think is very smart that that that's a story you know, even though it's a real life injury, that that's a story and something that could be, you know, utilized through multiple promotions um, and very smooth move uh, on top of that. Um, and so I think that, um, you know, it, it shows kind of the keenness on Camille and of being a strategic wrestler. And then as far as the big news for Lucha fans coming out of this night is that you have new World Tag Team Champions, La Rebellion, the team of Mecha Wolf and Bestia 666, defeated J.R. Kratos and Aaron Stevens. Conan came out with La Rebellion because whenever you have anything, you have to have Conan in your corner, apparently. <laughs> if, you are, if you are a luchador north of the border, Conan is probably going to walk around with you. Yes. It's just, it's required. It's a requirement, a prerequisite. It's a um, mark of success. It's a mark, it really was. The crowd seemed yeah. to be into it. Everyone recognizes Conan. So to have kind of that rub from Conan was great. Um, you know, there, towards the end, there was some trickery to this, even though La Rebellion was, was somewhat well received because of the support from Conan. Um, they did hit. Uh, a low blow, uh, I believe, uh, on Aaron Stevens. Uh, Mecha Wolf hit a blow, a low blow. That allowed Bestia to hit a moonsault, uh, onto Kratos, and that allowed them to hit their finishing maneuver, which they call the Mark of the Beast, onto Aaron Stevens for the pinfall. Um, and talking about, you know, success stories, this is the first Cuban Puerto Rican, uh, no, Puerto Rican, Cuban, Mexican-ish team, uh, that, um, 
has won the tag team championships. Um, after the match, Conan ended up cutting a promo on just, you know, how great the NWA was and just that it's great to have promotions working together, which Conan is a very big advocate for. So, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, this opens a lot of doors now just because Conan is very well known for working across promotions uh, bringing in talent, working with talent from multiple promotions. Um, and now you have Lucha tag team champions. They've been setting this up for quite a while. And I think it's going to make the NWA stand out and, and very much modernize it to a larger crowd. Um, one other thing on the, the Conan appearance, uh, that as love rebellion is kind of a crash specific team, uh, they, that's kind of where they, are are based out of they again they're going to be on the the crash thing having him out there is again a sign that he is back to working with the crash like mm-hmm. that is kind of a you know so uh he he said many times now that he's older and he's bigger on this working together and he's able to swallow his pride that means he's able to do things like putting whatever was between them aside in order to do this and having that this visual shine sign is good because show don't tell is kind of one of the, what I like about it. So yeah. I just wanted to No, And that too is a bigger thing where, you know, we've already seen crash and this uh, MLW uh, partnership, though that seems to be a little bit more on the low key back again. I'm not quite sure, but that also means, you know, is NWA becoming more international again? Because I do feel like during the time that maybe they weren't so active in the U.S., what they did thrive on is having some of that more international uh, success and still working and having matches in Mexico or Mexican championships or things mm-hmm. like that. So um, with the you know guidance of Conan or, or with Conan's involvement, do we see more of that crossover with the NWA possibly going to Mexico or having more Mexican talent work uh, or just lucha talent in general, but um, you know, more international talent working for the NWA because that too was at the peak and pinnacle, you know, it was the national wrestling Alliance, but you did have, you know, wrestlers from all over come to wrestle for the NWA. Um, and I'd love to see that kind of be back in, in its glory period. But I also do think, uh, both Empower and NWA 73 did a good job of balancing the old with tradition mm-hmm. with, you know, that Ric Flair promo, uh, with, you know, the way Trevor Murdoch won the NWA World Championship, but also coming into the new fold with, you know, the, the Empower show, which showcased a lot of independent talent, some that we know, some that we don't. Um, and I think, again, having a Lucha team of La Rebellion be your tag team champions is expanding to a wider audience and showing that this is, you know, a yeah. new NWA. Uh, just to support what you're talking about with the heyday, we frequently talk uh, in this day in Lucha Libre history about a luchador defending their NWA belt, whether it's the welterweight belt or the uh, one of the others. They, so, yeah, they, there's a big tradition of having it kind of bridging that, especially that Texas-Mexico border. But the NWA is big in Mexico. They they love the belt there, too. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, agreed. Well, that is... NWA, it's great to have them a little bit earlier in the show. It was great to see all their content, and a big congratulations to them for the success of both Empower and NWA 73. 
I'm going to jump next into this week in NXT and really two notable things and then a quick question uh, that's just more of a, a vanity question. But this week in NXT, we did see a segment with Carmelo Hayes, who won the breakout tournament, uh, do a backstage interview where he was questioned as, as the winner of the breakout tournament. He did get a contract that allowed him to challenge for any championship with an NXT. And so in that interview, he was discussing his options. But then we saw Electra Lopez from Legado de Fantasma come up and ask, you know, uh, not, not necessarily ask, but just caution him, uh, as well as the rest of Legado de Fantasma, including Santos Escobar, um, on, you know, maybe keeping his focus away from the North American Championship because that is Santo's uh, prize. That's what he is shooting. So that may, it does look like maybe we're going to get a kind of a, a quick food, a feud between Carmelo Hayes and Santos Escobar. I do think it's interesting because they just spent all of this time building up Carmelo. So to have him win over Santos would make sense, but also at the same time, you know, diminish Santos because the wins he has, he really hasn't had a strong win since unifying the cruiserweight championship belt, really. So I feel like he needs to have, you know, a solid win over somebody else on the roster to continue this longer hit road legato de fantasma feud. Um, but I think it's also a great way to bring in some of this newer talent in versus a more established talent. I think they would have a great match. So I'm looking forward to possibly seeing Carmelo Hayes and Santos Escobar um, somewhere, uh, you know, in the next few weeks. I, and uh, they, yeah, go ahead. Just, just real quick on this, because we will in future be expanding on this, but I'm looking at this match and this particular mini feud. It's kind of a preview of what we might be able to expect from the so-called new NXT. Yes. As far as their highlighting of, of uh, Lucha talent. So Yes. Yes, absolutely right, because we are very much in a new chapter of NXT, and it's kind of an interesting thing to think of Santos as more of an established NXT star bringing in the new wing, when in some ways Santos still feels fairly new himself. He's only been with the company, Mm -hmm. what, a year and a half? Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So that's it's kind of crazy to think that, but Legato itself has been a very established um, unit now for, you know, quite some time and to be able to partner some of this newer incoming talent with established stars is again, what companies should be doing and what it made NXT successful to begin with. So good, oh, yeah. good, good points. Uh, as far as our Lucha match content for this week, Raquel Gonzalez was in a non-title match against Jesse Kamea. Now, this match was interesting because we usually talk about Raquel Gonzalez having the height advantage over many of her opponents. But Jessica May and her have a lot of the same build. Um, and so with that, there was an opportunity for Jessica May to capitalize um, on this uh, on a mistake where, uh, you know, Raquel Gonzalez was trying to. Um, you know, do one of her big kicks. Uh, Jesse Kamea was able to avoid it and start attacking the the leg. Um, but I think the big news with this one, a lot of people were surprised, was the drop kick uh, that uh, Raquel Gonzalez was able to perform because it's not something that we usually see in our arsenal because that's not usually something she needs to do in her arsenal because of the size, you know, difference between her and a lot of her uh, competitors. Um, 
But she was able to get a, a big boot in and set up the Chingona power bomb for the win. Um, we did see some tension, continued tension between her and Frankie Monet. So it looks like this may be the next title match that they are building up to. I, I am excited for it, but this is maybe the buildup is a little anticlimactic. I'm not sure. I, you know, I, I wish there was a little bit more oomph to this. Uh, I can see both of them in the ring talking trash in Spanish. If I don't get this, if I don't get that from these two women, NXT, you're going to hear from me. You're going to hear from me because you have La Diabla herself, La Campeona versus La Huera Loca. And if we don't have any of this good promo interaction in Spanish between the two, what are we doing this for? Tell me. Right. Tell me, I NXT. Don't know. What if I will tell me because I'm not having this. <laughs> now, I do think it will be very interesting to this matchup in the ring, man. Like, that's the thing. I really would love this to be at a takeover because I think it's a takeover quality. Mm-hmm. I don't want this to just be, you know, a six-minute match in the ring because I think Frankie can bring so much to a match with Raquel. I I'm just, only okay with that six-minute match if it's part of a program that gets them yes, to takeover. If, if, yes, yes. <laughs> And when you think about it, I mean, why not? Your women's roster is still, you know, I mean, Kaylee Ray is what they look like they're building towards for long term. So you talked about mini feud, Brendan. I feel like this is a mini feud, which kind of sucks because I feel like in ring they could do so much more. But, you know, I don't I don't don't (laughs) want to bump myself out. Now I'm sad, you guys. I'm sorry. I'm sad. I I just booked myself into a sadness corner. Um, but anyways, that, that was, you know, lots more to come and to talk about in the future for NXT real quick. I I call this a a vanity question, not so much on, on, you know, me personally, but I'm sure you guys saw the proposed, the supposed, the alleged new NXT logo. Just want (laughs) to get your thoughts on it. What, what, what are you thinking when you saw it? Dusty, I'll have you Well, first of all, Meltzer says that it's, you know, legit. Like, that's the thing. A lot of sources say it's legit. It hasn't been official official from WWE as far as I know, so I'm still floating that out there until WWE slash NXT makes it official, but it looks like that is the new logo. I I'm I don't know. Part of me understands that like they're going for like a Florida, like anything can happen, like check out NXT vibe. Like I I get that, but it almost feels like the Golden Girls in a way or something. <laughs> I mean, like the West Palm the Beach worst part. Yeah. yeah, the yeah Boca Raton. You know, yes, like it's got it's that Boca feel. Raton. And and it yeah, I mean it it looks like something. That somebody's abuelito wore when she thought she looked like Gloria Stefan. You know, like it's it's I'm not killing it with the abuela reference. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like I I don't know. It, it I thought it was yeah. I I guess I understand what they're doing. We've heard that they're going to make the whole show brighter and more colorful and you know just more interesting to the eye. But I really liked NXT, and I I don't know why you would mess because, up a good thing when you got it going. Because because Vince McMahon is involved. The, that's yeah. the problem. Once Vince McMahon <sighs> so gross. decided he didn't like just... didn't like what NXT was doing when they lost the ratings war, because you know like 
despite the fact they pretended it wasn't going to ha- it wasn't a war, it was. Now Vince McMahon is doing what he always does, which is you do a complete 180 on anything, and even though some stuff worked, all of that's gone too. So you know that's that's what it is. That's mm-hmm. if you're looking for logic, the logic is that anything that used to be has to be gone now because Vince wants it all gone, and that's you know that's that's the specifics of it. Um, Pardon, what are your thoughts on the logo? Well, so first off, Miranda, I want to give you some hope because you were talking about about the uh, the way this happens. A lot of the time, these leaks, and those of you at home that can't see my fingers, I'm air quoting. <laughs> the uh, the the leak these leaks. This is a new marketing technique. They pretend to leak something. They see what the internet says about it because they're more honest about leaks than they are. You know, like people who just say positive or negative things will show up to every official announcement, but these so-called leaks, you usually can get more honest feedback on it. So maybe, maybe that's what they're doing to try and uh, and get some some uh, honest response. And, and uh, the overall feedback has been, I don't like it. So hopefully we get some, some changes out of it. Um, yeah, I feel like a 50-50. I like the design. I don't like the color scheme. I'd be fine with the new logo design, but the color yeah. scheme... Is just, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it just doesn't fit in with everything else that we see in WWE. I don't, I mean, I don't like it as a wrestling design in general because it's just a lot of a lot. Like, it's yeah. a lot of colors, it's mm-hmm. a lot of other, you know. Um, Very busy. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like a sarong or something. Like, yeah. it's not, it's not a logo. I mean, I... I love bright, vivid colors. Love mm-hmm. them. But this is not good. Like, it, ugh, no. Yeah. I mean, it just feels out of touch. It feels very out of touch. Yeah. Yeah, and I uh, because the new WWE is moving away from wrestling even more, They uh, uh, that's probably what happened. They probably got a graphic designer, and one of the, the questions they asked while they were applying, while they were screening is do you watch wrestling and they went with somebody who said no i i guarantee that that's oh yeah i think i think you know the corporate experience someone who has corporate experience and maybe another big fortune 500 company and this is true for a lot of people jumping from you know big business to big business you know it's you think about transferable skills and what we started to see a lot more in WWE is that they are really looking more, and they have for quite some time, maybe yep. in more of the corporate offices and higher-up positions, but it seems like it's now trickling down to even talent, is that do you have transferable skills from another big mm-hmm. Fortune 500 company? They want, you know, someone, they would, I, I would assume, looking at people who have the experience from anywhere from Amazon to Coca-Cola to Google to, you know, even clothing companies like, you know, The Gap or huge, you know, uh, organizations like Apple and Walmart. Like, because at the end of the day, they're trying to be an entertainment company. So even Mm -hmm. people with experience from NBC or, you know, other types of, of, you know, media, like, they're not really looking at people within the wrestling business anymore. You know, no. uh, they want to have that transferable experience because at the end of the day, they want to be as big as, you know, any yeah. other 
Fortune 500 company. And how do you do that? Well, you bring in people who have experience at Fortune 500 companies. And uh, as we've talked about with the talent, you know, they're not so much focused on independent talent as they are focused on the transferability of your skills as an athlete in another sector like, you know, CrossFit. Like, you know, uh, collegiate wrestling or, you know, Greco-Roman wrestling, football, uh, track and field. You know, if you have the discipline to be an athlete in in those realms, then you absolutely can have the discipline to be a professional wrestler. Now, with all the other factors in mind being, I think that's also part of their hubris to be like, we give you the skills to to. Be the yep. personality that you, and I think that's where, yeah, sometimes it can work, sometimes it won't work. So that will but, be the interesting part uh, of of the future, seeing what's next. But yeah, to that point, that knowing that that's how they're positioned with their talent, I feel like that's what they did with the design on this. Is they went with somebody, and this is a common thing you do in business. Um, is you if you want to steer away from what you had before you screen people away from 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 that so if you you know you you don't want people to to lean too heavily into what wrestling has been you make sure that somebody has no background in it while you're looking for a new graphic design so like do you watch wrestling at all if the answer is no then you're a good candidate for helping us rebrand and that's kind of what it it feels like they're doing short answer is i don't like it Uh, (laughs) i I, you know, I, I, there's this, it's just too much of too much. Like yes. I can handle any single element of it, but all of it together, not so much. Well, the results for NXT are available on LuchaCentral.com. Make sure you stay tuned into this show and LuchaCentral.com every week to get your NXT results. Up next, we have some CMLL updates with Brendan. Oh boy. So CMLL, uh, again, making a lot more news. Not really for the, for the wrestling, although wrestling is involved this time. Um, Mystico returned to Arena Mexico this week. He did a couple of matches, both of which had really strong fan responses. The, the uh, first one back was on a Friday show, just kind of their big marquee show. It's, um, you know, the one that the fans of Mex- in Mexico usually go to to be fans and that there's less emphasis on getting tourists in there uh and the response was huge uh dusty you watched some of this what did you have any thoughts on on mysticos uh, yeah i was i don't know like it's it's <laughs> embarrassing how excited i was when i saw it <laughs> like like people are like how was the crowd worked into this like i, I don't know but it happened to me too I mean, it really did. Like, it was so cool, and it just felt right. And the crowd, I mean, like it was like CM Punk or like Brock Lesnar. I mean, they were that level of excited and just went wild. Allegedly, it didn't carry over to the Sunday show, but Friday. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, wow, what an entrance. I mean – this yeah. is the biggest thing CMLL has had going for a long time. You know, it, it would be like Hulk, almost like Hulk Hogan coming back and being the Hulkster again instead of Hollywood <laughs> yeah. Hogan. Yeah. Like, it's it's got a similar feel. And, yeah, I don't know. It was just, just exciting, and the moment felt exciting. And it's something that you can't make happen if you tried. So hopefully CMLL can kind of follow through on that and somehow – 
capture that lightning in a bottle just for a minute to carry them over. This, especially since the pandemic, this is the most exciting between the, especially this, but the, the world title thing going on CMLL. Like this is the most hype and excitement around CMLL in at least 10 years, I think. Like this is awesome. And I am so excited for this. Yeah, it's easily, easily the most exciting thing they've done uh, since I've actively started watching. Like, I watched a lot of historical stuff, and then as friends of mine started getting more excited about the possibility of going to the product, I started just watching the Friday podcast in particular. And uh, you're right, this it's just... And uh, other people have made the comparison to the CM Punk energy. Like, that's... um that's kind of where it is. Like the fans, it's something that the fans were really excited for. And to continue with that CM Punk analogy, sure, the crowd wasn't as hot on Sunday as they were on Friday, but the crowd wasn't as hot on on Wednesday as they were on Friday for CM Punk either. So, like, I mean, you know, it's natural. I think it, when it's yeah. really the first time, the first true time, yeah, that's the natural reaction. Period. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly, and you're not going to be able to recapture that. Correct. Um, but I, again, they, I feel like they handled it perfectly. They allowed him that to have a longer entrance to let that breathe. They let him have a match where he was um, he was highlighted, but uh, it helped elevate all the wrestlers that were with him too. Uh, just in general, I thought this was a, a positive move, and uh, I'm allowing myself, much like WWE. Uh, at, I've been very cynical about them, but I'm allowing myself to have some uh, some excitement on this, and uh, that's that's a good thing because they are trying to build to some stuff here. They they've been building this anniversary show. They've been having voting going on for titles, the titles that are going to happen, and that's one of the things they're going to do now is that tag team title that uh, he that uh, Mystico and Caristico had to vacate be, uh, is now going to go to. The top two vote getters, instead of the top vote getter going in and challenging for the title, the top two will be wrestling at the anniversary show for the tag team match. So it's it's allowing me to be more excited about that, too, because I feel like they're, they're going to spill some of that into there. So I will be keeping a closer eye on the anniversary show moving forward. Um, I don't uh, Any last minute thoughts on Mystico? No, I don't think so. Uh the other big news that came out of CMLL is that they've announced that they're going to have the deal with Ice Ribbon going on, which I found found interesting in that Mexico and Japan seem to be willing to allow their borders to be open for her, for uh, people that are performing and wrestling. Uh, so, you know, hey, come on, Canada, U.S., Mexico we need to be, get this figured out better. Like, uh, starting to impact shows. I guarantee that's why MLW's presence has been reduced for the crash, is that they're worried about the border situation. Uh, so, but yeah, so Ice Ribbon announced a deal. They're going to have a series of ladies, a series, a, a, a small group, uh, they're going to travel to Mexico. Uh, the, the response on the other side of it, to me was was kind of typical and and amusing where you immediately have have luchadoras in interviews saying things like uh women are afraid to come to mexico because they the, the mexican women are tougher and will beat you up and that sort of thing so uh again where our the story is less about the women coming over there 
so much as the response of the luchadoras saying, bring it on because we'll just beat you up anyway. So, uh, all around kind of exciting. Uh, it's, they haven't done a lot with the women's division, uh, especially after the COVID era. It's just kind of been stagnant. So that's, this is kind of an exciting development. Um, I, I skipped results because I thought we were probably going to wind up talking about Caristico for a really long time. Uh, so we will be having more results from CMLL coming up. We will be looking at the build up for the anniversary show, which is coming up later this month. Uh, I don't even, I believe it's going to be on regular TV and not on iPay-Per-View, which is good. Um, but, uh, that's my CMLL news for the week. Um, Right. Well, up next, it's our weekly segment, the one you know, the one you love. It's This Week in Lucha Libre History with Dusty. That's right. It's time for This Week in Lucha Libre History. Be sure to check in at LuchaCentral.com every single day for this day in Lucha Libre But Pep Carrera. He's got information. He's got birthdays. He's got anniversaries. He's got matches of the day. He's got videos. He's got even more live reviews of shows going on, all kinds of stuff. And it's all about Lucha Libre, and that's at LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. This week we chose September the 6th, 1991, when Legends of Lucha Libre superstar Conan won fellow Legends of Lucha Libre star Pero Aguayo's hair and triple threat hair versus hair match with Cien Caras third wheeling in the match. Like it was really <laughs> between uh, Pero and Conan. But this was the, the EMLL. 58th anniversary show and it was the 1991 edition of their annual major show they did it every year they used to be called Empresa Mexicana de Lucha Libre the show took place again September 6 1991 in Arena Mexico Mexico City Mexico and this would actually be the last show promoted under the EMLL name as Mm -hmm. they later changed their name to Consejo Mundial de Lucha Libre in the winter of 1991 and this led to the moniker cmll that we all know and this was really their wrestlemania show their triple mania their starcade whatever you wanted their super bowl their series this is that show this is the show and it's a very big deal every year it's usually headlined by an apuestas match this year was no exception again we had cn caris conan paraguayo the finish uh, Cien Caris knocked Pero down from the top rope when he was going for his move. Conan was able to exploit the moment and get the pin. And like, you may not know it now when you see Conan, but Conan used to have beautiful long hair. And so like, it, <laughs> he wouldn't lose that hair. Like, at the inclusion of Cien Caris, I thought he was there to take the pin, but he looked a little like Jackson Brown. He wasn't going to lose that beautiful hair either. So Pero, he ended up bald at the end of the match and he shaved his own head after the finish, which, you know, it, it was a very interesting match. What did you think of this match, Brendan? Well, uh, I mean, again, it's, it's your classic presentation and your classic, uh, kind of uh cmll sort of setup so so i automatically am into it. it's two out of three falls you have um, less predictability because of the nature of this one out of those two out of three falls but it followed as it does there is a similar path that you will wind up taking um the the format that i was watching 
had commercial breaks in it. So that tells me to the point that I had just kind of made in the last segment. It was on regular TV. Like it is their biggest show of the year, but they are not. They were not afraid at this time to to put it on regular TV instead of hiding it behind a paywall. And uh, and I part of that is because in Mexico it's it's almost more equivalent to a World Series or a Super Bowl to watch the anniversary show. Everybody it does it. And at this time, AAA didn't exist, so there was no competition. They were the only big name game around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was it was much more equivalent to everybody was going to watch it at that point. So I found that to be very interesting. Miranda, what what were your thoughts on this one? I just it just felt I I love the way that you know describing the event itself. It just felt formal but not too formal. Like I I mean I think when you think of like the WrestleManias and the big events, now you think of pyrotechnics and you know all these mm-hmm. big flashy things. But I think just the formality of it of like it really did feel like a very big deal. Um yeah. and I I do think that that you know was important for the tone and especially this match itself um i think it set the tone for how important this match really was um and and so i mean yeah really at the end of it i just to me it was just more cool to see Something that is a kind of a big milestone in history, which because from there, you know, uh, or or even prior to to that, because this was the match after Conan losing his mask. So, like, I just feel like this being in that uh, career pathway for Conan and kind of being able to see more of this early work with EMLL that turns into CMLL. It's also very interesting to see how this is the early stages issue of his career i mean he's been before that wrestling for quite some some time wrestling for as long as i've been alive but also you know what we i loved how you talked about the history of emll eventually turning into cmll when and it's like the milestone of that changing and heading into like a whole new chapter um so i felt like both of this match and just the event in general was such a like a historical way of referencing a longstanding career and promotion. Uh, it, also, it's, it's worth noting that this is a very different Conan than what people think of, because by the yeah. time he got to the United States, yeah. he'd already changed his outlook and his yes, perspective a couple so of times. It's just so crazy was, to see yeah. the difference of his look in you know the 90, 1991 time frame. Um, so yeah, what we saw him as when he was in the United States, like it truly was not until I started to see these matches from the early nineties where I was like, what the heck? I didn't, <laughs> I just, I'd never seen Conan in that light. Right? Yeah. He was like a rock star. Yeah. I mean, and he had an album. He was on telenovelas. Like he was, Conan was a big deal at this point in time in Mexico, not just in Lucha Libre, but at large. But it's not just that he was a big deal. He was a bigger than life presentation. He was, he's wearing bright colors. He's, he's uh, much more of a kind of a John Cena sort of feel to the, to, to the kind of Kevin Nash that he's evolved into to equate it to American wrestling. Yeah. Uh, That's a good point. (laughs) Yeah. 
Well, that was This Week in Lucha Libre History, as Dusty mentioned. You can find This Day in Lucha Libre at LuchaCentral.com. But there is so much more that you can find at LuchaCentral.com. Brendan, can you let our listeners know what else they can find on our website? Uh, Let's do this. If you're listening to this and you haven't visited LuchaCentral.com, it's time to do it. LuchaCentral.com is the online home for Lucha Libre where you can get all of the top news in English and in Spanish. Find the best curated video content and original content not seen anywhere else. Find when Lucha Libre events would be happening in your area. Find photo galleries from top photographers covering Lucha Libre around the world. A place to have your voices heard from weekly polls to annual awards seen and read by top executives in all of the major Lucha Libre promotions across the globe. And uh, here we go. Here we go. My favorite word is about to come out of my mouth. On top of all of that, it's free. LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. Up next, we have This Week in WWE. So, Dusty, go ahead and take it away. Yeah, first up, we had Main Event. And on Main Event, we had Mustafa Ali and Masur, Mansoor rather, versus Lucha House Party. You know I love the Lucha House Party, so we had to do this match. This is exactly the kind of match that I loved on 205 Live. Like, mm. this match was 100% 205 Live. And, like, those of us that were fans of, like, early 205 Live after the Cruiserweight Championship, this was – had that feel to it. You know, yeah. when it was fresh yes. and exciting. Very fast-paced. Lince Dorado might have more speed than any wrestler in the WWE. Like, he is so fast in the ring. It, it was just really exciting and just made me happy to watch this match. He did a great job avoiding Ali early in the match. Later, we saw Grand Metal League hit an amazing twisting moonsault off the middle rope onto the floor to Ali. Like, it was just incredible. But it wasn't enough. Mansoor later hit a swinging neck breaker on Lince and got the win. But great match. I encourage everybody to check it out. It was broken up by a commercial break. Other than that, fantastic. Main event has consistently had some of the best wrestling in WWE lately, mm-hmm. and especially the best Lucha Libre content in WWE lately. And yep. so to recognize that going forward, we're going to cover main event every week as long as there's something Lucha relevant. It's, yeah. well, it and it we has talk, the best content. Yeah, yeah, no, and we talk about kind of that dynamic of, you know, we wish to have this more on Raw um, with the length of time that Raw has. But at the same time, it all is the fact that, you know, main event is much more of a wrestling showcase. So you wouldn't even have those same matches on Monday Night Raw would be more of a segment or it would be, you know, more of, of a storyline, which I think in general this should be its own storyline. I mean, the the whole Mansoor and Mustafa Ali uh, pairing has been one that's very interesting um, and one where, you know, there's been reluctancy on, on somewhat both sides uh, to, yeah. to partner. And I think with Lucha House Parting being such a strong, reliable team, you know, not only the work ethic, but, you know, just the vibrancy that they have outside of the ring. You know, they can do fun promos. They can do serious things, you know, yeah. that Lindsay is more of that talking man who can run them health. Uh, but, uh, you know, Grand Metalik, too, you know, he does his talking in the ring. 
And and that's too with his experience and his his work rate and you know I, I think especially he's much more of of the, a bit more of the high flyer as far as taking those yes. risks. Um, I feel like that's such a good pairing between the two that I would love to see more of this. Not just be you know a match, but a, a longer feud. But you're right as far as as we discuss, you know, as much as we'd love to see this on other programming, it wouldn't look the same. So then you're it kind wouldn't. of then you know compromising the quality of it. So Absolutely. I you know I get it. And if it you know this is the format that we get it, then you know I think that's it's the right. It's the right thing. I I agree. And in the same way that NXT felt insulated from WWE, main event almost feels insulated from Raw. You know, like we have that same, you know, it's like a special thing now. And I've got to where I really look forward to main event each week. Like it's the, you know, Raw is kind of a slog to watch, honestly. Like it's, it's it's not my favorite job. Like I feel like I should be being paid to watch Raw. Absolutely. But main event, you know, it's a shorter program. It's almost entirely action. And it's just fun. We had the resolution of the Angel Garza and Drew Gulak feud on main event. You know, so some of it carries over, but most of it is its own thing. Last week, we we didn't mention it, but there was a really fun tag team match between the Viking Raiders and Lucha House Party. Um, unfortunately, Lucha House Party didn't win that one either. But we're just seeing special matches we wouldn't get to see on Raw or SmackDown, especially on Raw. But yeah, so main event, we're going to cover it every week going forward. And then we also had Friday Night SmackDown, Sami Zayn defeated Dominic Mysterio. And I was thinking as I was watching the match, there's something I've noticed over the last year, and that's that Dominic has no real character or real motivation beyond being Rey Mysterio's son. When they had the Seth Rollins and the eye thing, he wanted to avenge his dad. Great storyline, great motivation, but uh, it went on a long time, but I digress. Anyway, but <laughs> he, uh, he has no real motivation or character, and I feel like that affects his presence and his presentation to us in the ring he seems capable of more and capable of being better than we've gotten to see but like i said you know we've just never gotten to see that as viewers Mm -hmm. i don't know exactly what i expected from this match but when i heard Sami Zayn versus dominic son of ray mysterio i expected something more something you know exciting something maybe that we hadn't gotten to see something that felt fresh this really wasn't any of that it feels like he's reached kind of a plateau in his abilities and training and talents in wwe and and that's okay a lot of guys have that plateau but it makes it hard to see him as more than ray mysterio's son when we haven't gotten to see him Mm -hmm. do anything more than be ray mysterio's son and, but maybe we're getting to that because after the match, Ray, he tried to build Dominic up with some fatherly advice. You know, he's one of the greatest wrestlers ever, but Dominic just walked off. He ignored Ray's attempts, you know, kind of giving him a little pep talk there. So, yeah, we'll see what comes <laughs> from all of this. But I hope that we get to see some character development come from yeah. this because he desperately needs point. it. Such a yeah. good point, especially with a company that relies so heavy on characters and personas. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, being the son of a legend is great, but it's only going to take you very far. Now, I'm, I'm curious how much of that is, 
you know, the WWE just more leaning into that family heritage and not maybe not allowing or just like not having a focus on Dominic as an individual, if that's going to come later on, if, you know, whatever that may, may be, but such a good point about identity and establishing your own identity uh, as a wrestler, as a performer, especially in a company in which that is huge. That was uh, one of the major hangups to, to make, to pull my old man card out again. With Dustin Rhodes when he started, mm-hmm. is he he was yeah, tired of being natural. Yeah, yeah he tired of being in his father's shadow and just being a prop for Dusty Rhodes wrestling. So you can easily see that being a thing. Uh, I just wanted to point out. Uh, I really hope that there is a moment where where Dom gets really irritated with those stupid Falcons on his hoodie. Just, you know, <laughs> they do not look good. <laughs> it blew my mind when I found out Ray Mysterio's mask was supposed to represent that he was a Falcon. Like I had never really thought about it. <laughs> Somebody was like, "Oh, you know his characters? He's a bird. He's a Falcon." And I was like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've been a fan for a while, and I hadn't. I just never thought about it. And I was like, "Well, I guess he is." Uh, but yeah, I I hope we get to see something more. Dominic's at least trying to kind of do his own thing with the gear. It's very different from Ray's. Um, I honestly feel like the street fashion, the off-white style designer influences on Ray's gear probably came more from Dominic than Ray, because when you see them dressed on Instagram like their clothes, Dominic is very aware of fashion and street fashion and the hype on street fashion. I think that's Aaliyah, actually. I think oh, it could be. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah she's very into Louis and, yes. and whatnot, yeah. well, too. I think it's a, yeah. yeah, definitely a family thing, you know. I, I think yeah. that, too. Kind of the beautiful thing about, and we see a lot in Lucha Libre, and I will be very interested to see how this turns out, is that you wear your family colors, your family designs, you yeah. know. So the way that Dominic will interpret the Mysterio name will look very different than Ray, and I think that's a great thing. Like, that's yeah. ultimately what we want to see from him is what is his interpretation of the Mysterio name? You know, already he looks different than the rest of his family. Yeah. He, he wrestles somewhat <laughs> different than the rest of his family. So what is that going to look like in his design, in his gear, in, you know, his presence? You know, is he going to go in a completely different direction? Are we still going to be able to recognize it? Is it going to maybe align closer to it? And and I'm sure a lot of that would be story. Say, again, you know, one of the more infamous types of storylines is, and maybe the day when it does happen, is when he turns on the family, you know? Yeah. Uh, because that, that is a wrestling yes. slash lucha libre archetype oh, when yeah. you go against Absolutely. the family. Um, so that would be something compared to what you mentioned, Dusty, you know, his his persona right now has been all about defending his family's honor, being there for his dad, defending his dad specifically. So that gear and look matches a lot like that. But I would love to see the day yeah. where we see almost like a yes. dark Dominic. And yes, exactly. See, yes. Uh, like so- I just. Yeah. I have, I have, you, you guys have inspired another fantasy booking moment here. He is, <laughs> he is in his matches already. He's shown several times that he had a very close relationship with Eddie. Yeah. Um, we've talked about that. Uh, we talked about in the Matt Farmer interview that Eddie Guerrero kind of brought that strong style to, to Mexico and that strong style suits Dominic better. Absolutely. So Especially what with is, the size. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Especially with the size. So, so what if he he starts uh, emulating Eddie a little more? Uh, oh. You know, like the bad parts of Eddie. Yeah. 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 I mean, dang, that's going in deep. That's going yeah. in some deep cuts. But I like they it. Could, they, it's a thing a WWE could do, and and because uh, they have, you have access to all of Eddie's best stuff uh, on Peacock, so yeah, uh, you know they they can easily do something like that. You know, uh, yeah, just just throwing that out there into the universe because sometimes when we say things on this show, yeah, they happen. I <laughs> would I would love that. We we've seen him bust out the three amigos in yeah. matches and stuff, yeah. so it would be kind of a natural progression too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I like that. Oh, and we also don't want to forget Monday Night Raw. Karrion Cross defeated Humberto Carrillo. Yes. This, this was a fairly quick match, but honestly, Karrion Cross looked great. I don't know why they had him lose that first match. It was a dumb decision. I don't know why they have him in the gladiator gear. Dumb decision. I don't know why Scarlet's not there. Dumb decision. But, you know, I mean. Was he going in hard? I, I, I try to remain optimistic that they're going to do something good with them, and they know people are invested in them because I feel like these strong wins are absolutely a reaction to the fan reaction to that quick loss to Jeff yeah. Hardy. People hated it, and they, you know, WWE doesn't often, but they listened when people hated it. They they changed course immediately, but. Even you have people like Booker T saying, you know, he shouldn't have lost Scarlet. He should not be wearing the Lord Humongous gear. He literally said, yeah. Booker T said he looks exactly like Lord Humongous. And like, Google it if you don't know Lord Humongous. He looks exactly like him. Like, it's it's weird. You also and, will see a fantastically weird part of wrestling history. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very true. But <laughs> the the whole thing, it's just I feel like somebody has it out for Karrion Cross. I don't know what the deal is, but also part of it, I don't even know if it's personal. Raw is just wildly mismanaged. None of the advertised matches from last week happened Mm -hmm. this week. Literally none of them. Uh. And, And Raw is just... They said that Vince tore up the script, the rewrite of the script, the second rewrite, and then he rewrote it himself. And like... So, so yeah, part of part of this, and this is just me theorizing on it, but we know that there's been stories about burnout with uh, Pritchard, who's the executive producer and, and other writer. So, like, Vince and Bruce are, are rewriting this constantly, so that's how stuff gets forgetten, forgotten. Uh, I just think there's a lot of burnout. Like, a lot of things that could be done to make this better isn't happening because they're just so frustrated with doing three hours of programming every week. That they just, you know, that they, it's, they're just burned out on all of it. I, and just so, only so many F's to be given, and Karrion Cross is the victim of the, the lack of F's to be kind of how I'm. Well, and you'd think Vince would love Scarlet. Like, I mean, that's kind of his thing. It's like, you know, but tall, Vince hates managers. Blonde. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and valets. Like, you yeah. know, I mean, only I when they decide they're in, yeah. It's only usually when they do a relationship angle, you know, like when we saw Rusev and Lana and then, you know, the whole Dolph Ziggler thing, Summer Rae. So, I don't know. WWE has some messed up ideas, and one of them is separating Scarlet from Karrion Cross. Like, (laughs) it's made it special. It gave it such a unique entrance. It commanded your attention in a way that nothing else is like it in wrestling, and they had – Something special there. 
uh, I don't know. But if you want more information on WWE and the Lucha happenings on WWE, check out LuchaCentral.com. They got all the information there. And, you know, maybe it'll get better. We'll keep up with it. I'll try to be more optimistic about Karrion Cross. I, I, I've <laughs> aired my grievances repeatedly. So yeah. from here on, I'll try to be optimistic about it. Folks, it's just really hard to be optimistic and positive uh, about. We Raw started in off, particular. yeah. I was gonna say we started off really good talking about main events. So I'm, that's that's yeah. also yeah. why we start off talking that, about main events. I did. I, I, yeah. I went with the good stuff and you know saved the negative stuff for the end. And also part of it, like the carrying cross thing, when you've already watched two hours or whatever of Raw and it's been like mm-hmm. torture almost. Like you're yeah. if if you're a fan or at least a certain type of smart fan. And it, it's just incredibly frustrating to to watch. And so by the time he's on there, you're already in a bad mood, and it's hard to rate it as its own yeah. little segment because you're all, all, you have already been tainted by the previous, you know, just ridiculousness. But, yeah. Think about this from a from the other perspective. Imagine being a casual fan who's had two and a quarter hours of of raw, which has no continuation from last week, has a bunch of characters that they don't know and they don't understand, and then Karrion Cross comes out in his humongous cosplay. Like, what are they supposed to think? How are they... I mean... Uh. It, yeah, it feels like the, the wrestling version of a Weird Al song. <laughs> There's like one guy out there that really loves this gimmick. Like, he's going to be... <laughs> years from now, he's going to be like, they had this guy, he came out in a gladiator outfit. It was awesome. They should have done more with that. And then everybody else is just like, no. Yeah. yeah. You never know. Kids yeah. always love interesting stuff, and I feel like that's kind of the direction they're going yeah. with a lot of this. WWE's mm. for kids. Yep. But... We'll see. It's also for LuchaCentral.com because we'll keep (laughs) talking about it. (laughs) All right. Up next, we talked a little bit about Ring of Honor earlier with Roosh being out for 8 to 12 months. But we have uh, some additional Ring of Honor news for you with Brendan. Oh, yeah. So uh, I'm going to real quick, we'll go over what the women's tournament happened. This was not Lucha-related but it leads into a more lucha-related thing. So you had Angel- Angelina Love and um, and uh, the Impaler, Max the Impaler. Max the Impaler. Um, Angelina Love won uh, despite being dominated through the whole match because uh, they did, Max didn't care about winning. So she ignored a five count or something. I don't remember the details on that. It's fun match. Angelina Love is now going to move on to face Roxy, who we have been covering in the next round. And then uh, Trisha Dora also advanced through and will be facing Miranda Alizé in the next round, which means we do have the potential for a final of Roxy and Miranda Alizé, at which point uh, I will probably host some sort of party because... That's a pretty big deal. I mean, that would be huge, and it would be an all lucha. I mean, they're not to to a casual observer, they're not super lucha, but they are very lucha influenced, as well as two really young up and coming. It would be a really interesting story angle, which ROH is not afraid of doing. So it could happen. Um, keep your ears open. We will have have uh, have that. They should be by the time you're hearing this, they should be airing the 
the uh, the next round of matches. So semis, yeah. Let's see. Um, we have a couple death before dishonor updates. Uh, Alify is challenging Shane Taylor promotions for the six man titles. Roosh was originally slated to be in there. He's now being replaced by Bestia Del Ring. Um, I mean. There was nobody left at that point, so they. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then uh, the uh, in a truly exciting announcement to me. Uh, hopefully, you guys agree with me. This Bandito is going to be defending the title in an elimination four-way match. So not just your typical four-way match that uh, you'll see one person take the pinfall and that's the end of the match. People are going to slowly be eliminated from this one, and um, that's going to have EC3. Brody King and Demonic Flamita. So you have the building, the the returning feud of Demonic Flamita and Bandito in there. You have Brody King, who is, you know, trying basically they're trying to one up LFI at every everybody every angle. So winning the title for is important to him. And then you have EC3, who's kind of the mystery man of ROH. So. You've got a lot of interesting story that's going to happen here, and because it's elimination, a lot of this is going to get be allowed to build. I personally would not be surprised if Demonic Flamita was the last person standing, because it feels like that's the next big feud that they're going to have. Uh, but there, that's our uh, Death Before Dishonor updates. Uh, they did announce on Twitter and other social medias this week that there is going to be a co-branded show with ROH and Big Big Lucha down in Mexico at Bandito's gym, uh, including a Bandito title defense, uh, which would be, according to to a couple of people here, either the second or third time the ROH world title has been defended in Mexico. So not something you see every day and uh, kind of a big deal in itself, but also... We talked about that great card. I didn't even talk about all of the matches that were on the Big Lucha card. There were more matches that were on there in the in, in our indie that I could have talked about in our indie roundup. And now they want to do a co-branded show with ROH. And the last time in the early days of the pandemic, we saw ROH and Lucha mixing up. We had some fantastic matches happening in in a card in Texas. So. Super excited to see more match announcements and more things going on there. But that's that's our ROH for this week. Keep your ears open. We will be bringing you tournament results. There is another Lucha-centric match on this week's television. So there will be much more going on. ROH has consistently been giving us near-the-top-of-the-card Lucha-related mm-hmm. content. So uh, we, we are always happy to... to talk about them on this show thank you for that brendan up next a quick update on impact wrestling this week in impact wrestling on access tv two matches to keep an eye out on i have not seen these matches due to us recording um this show while impact is taping or that the show's airing but for lucha libre fans you may be interested in decay the team of crazy steven black taurus versus falaba and no way uh, this storyline still continues. It also involves the women's uh, teams of Rosemary and Havoc and Tasha Steeles and Savannah Evans alongside. Um, but Decay did get the win. Um, I believe uh, Crazy Steve got the pin on Falaba. Um, and then also we had 
a match between Rohit Raju and uh, Shira versus Matt Cardona and Chelsea Green. Um, and this one, I've only just seen the video clip of this, but the team of Rohit Raju and, uh, and Shira won because of the fact that Shira refused to fight Chelsea Green, but Rohit said, nah, 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 wrestling is wrestling, brother, and I will take you on. Um, so he uh, actually hit Chelsea with a, a big knee to the face um, and got the pin for his team. Um, but again, that's a very interesting thing. A difference of impact in impact wrestling is that they are not afraid to do men and women wrestling in the same ring, mm-hmm. which is something that we don't really see a lot on televised wrestling programs. So I always love when, you know, impact leans into it. I would not be mad with a real heat versus uh, Chelsea green match. Uh, I think that would actually be super entertaining. Be really cool, yeah. That that you know they both have. I think Rohit is not only super talented in the ring, but just has a great character. And I think Chelsea could pull from that, and Chelsea could wrestle anybody. Um, so I think she has great ability and skill. And I think uh, I'm now sold on a Rohit Raju uh, Chelsea Green feud. So, <laughs> uh, I have a real quick question on this because I haven't had a lot of chance to catch up. I know they're billing her as the hot mess. Is she leaning more into that kind of a little eccentric personality? Uh, A little eccentric, but not in the look. So when she used to be more of that hot mess prior to she had the makeup smeared and everything like that, um, that was her original impact gimmick. She's still the hot mess, but it's just more a little bit more erratic, um, a little bit, you know, just not caring uh, more, you know, off the wall, uh, but not as much as she used to be in that first iteration. I miss the wedding dress. Well, you know, you have to build up to that. (laughs) If she's still in the wedding dress years later, she probably shouldn't be in wrestling anymore. But uh, yeah, that's Miss Havisham (laughs) business, you know, going back to your literature. But yeah, I loved Hot Mess, Laurel Van Ness, like so much fun that summer. Yeah, I was just curious if she was since they were billing her as that, if she was doing being a little I knew she wasn't wearing the dress, but uh, that's good to hear. Good dear, I uh, I enjoy her that way. We will have another Impact Plus special. Victory Road will be live on the Impact Plus app on September 18th, so just a few weeks away. Uh, and of course, Bound for Glory coming up in October. Uh, uh, we still haven't gotten any uh, more clear announcements, but that is the one where they are looking to, you know, advertise involvement from AAA, from New Japan, from AEW. So we will see what happens at Bound for Glory on October 23rd. Last but not least, we do have MLW and just a few interesting little tidbits and notes. Uh, Fightland is scheduled to happen October 2nd in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It has been announced that Hammerstone is going to challenge Fatu uh, in a title versus title match. Um, so that's a very big deal uh, from Hammerstone winning the Battle Riot. That was the only way he was going to get those world championship opportunity. And he has declared that he is cashing in that opportunity at Fightland. It was also announced that Tajiri is going to be making uh, his return to MLW 
uh, at Fightland. Um, and MLW has also released, uh, not at the date yet, but that new episodes of Fusion are going to be airing again in just a few short weeks. Um, so we don't have a date announcement yet, but, um, that may mean sometime in the next few weeks, in the next month, we'll have new episodes of Fusion. Likely from that taping in which they did Battle Riot 3, um, which will be very interesting. And again, this is the content. This is the what we need to know in order to see what's happening with Azteca Underground. So hopefully as soon as that new episode of Fusion airs, we get more answers to what is Azteca Underground, how it's related to MLW. Will they end up getting their own show the the questions are still out there, but MLW is coming back uh, onto TV fairly soon, and Fightland is coming up very soon as well, October second. I'm sure more more matches will be announced uh, later on, but the absolutely the main that we anticipate um, is happening. Um, you know, Jacob Fatu versus Hammerstone, title versus title. So uh, if if uh... Azteca Underground is truly the spiritual successor to uh, to uh, Lucha Underground. We will get some answers, but they will only lead to more questions. So you know, that's so exciting though. <laughs> I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Brendan, you have some additional uh, news for us, tidbits for this week. Yeah, so while while we were recording this, the uh, one of the things that was trending on social media are is the several reports that uh, wrestler from the '90s in WCW, Daphne, has passed. Um, I I haven't had time to validate that. I just wanted to to throw some. Yeah, it it did happen. Yeah, she yeah. passed yeah. away this morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I. It is very sad. She was a part of that uh, cruiserweight division in in a lot of spiritual ways, so she is important and relevant to Lucha. So I did think it was important to at least uh, mention the story uh, as it's happening. Uh, we may talk more about it next week, but I really just wanted to uh, to throw out the condolences to the family and and just kind of it personally impacts me. She's a, a wrestler that. Uh, I very much enjoyed watching during her time in WCW and afterwards, so I, I just wanted to to make mention of that real quick while uh, it's uh, circulating in the news. Yes, and and her time in Impact, her time with Shimmer, her impact on women's wrestling on the larger scale within the independent scene um, is something that. Uh, is, is so valuable that so many women would not have been where they're at or have had the opportunities or been inspired to go into wrestling without her. And so um, it is so important to, you know, just recognize her impact uh, of in the sport and just with people personally. Yeah. Um, and, and that is something that again, in, Going a little bit back just to kind of tie it in with, you know, Spanish culture and Lucha Libre, you know, when when people pass on what what stays, what remains is the memories and the stories. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a beautiful thing in professional wrestling in general, how people can come together to commemorate someone and to share the stories of their impact. And so her presence is, has already been felt for years of people who've been inspired by her um, and absolutely think that they're going to continue to be inspired by her for, for many, many years to come. 
Well, thank you everyone for listening to this week's edition of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast. Uh, don't forget to check out LuchaCentral.com, your centralized place for all things Lucha Libre. You can follow Lucha Central on social media at Lucha Central on Facebook and Instagram and at LuchaCentral.com on Twitter. If you check out the YouTube page, you're going to find hours upon hours of additional content that you won't find anywhere else, including exclusive interviews and matches. While you're at it, feel free to follow us on social media. Dusty, where can our listeners find you? I am on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Dusty Murphy, and I am on Instagram at Dusty Murphy. And Brendan, where can our listeners find you? I am 321 T-Shirt Guy. That's the number, 321, and T-Shirt Guy is all spelled out. I'm on Facebook, I'm on Instagram, and I'm all over the Twitters. And me, Miranda Morales, you can find me at the hashtag Miranda, hashtag spelled out on Instagram and Facebook. Again, if you are an independent wrestler, promotion, fan, and you have some Lucha Libre content that you'd love for us to check out, please reach out to us. Feel free to send us websites, clips, videos, all of that, so that way we can see if we can um, include it in a future edition of the Indie Roundup. We all avidly support independent wrestling um, and independent wrestlers and promotions and anything in which we can continue to divulge ourselves in Lucha Libre and share that with others. So please reach out to us if you have any clips, events, uh, matches that we can highlight in the Indie Roundup. Um, and don't forget, if you are listening to this on your favorite podcast streaming platform like iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, uh, you can uh, subscribe, rate, and review. You can subscribe and get notifications every time a new episode of the Lucha Central Weekly Podcast drops. You can leave us a five-star rating and provide us with a review. Let us know your thoughts on the show. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, things that we should highlight, maybe things we should cut back on. Who knows? You just got to let us know in that feedback uh, through those platforms or on social media. For Dusty Murphy and Brendan Barr, I'm Miranda Morales. Thank you all so much for joining us, and we will be back next week.